Christmas, and I want to start this off by having a little bit of fun. I have a good word I believe that God's going to share with you guys tonight, but I, I like to get everybody in the Christmas spirit and having fun with it, so I found some cool things on the internet. Can I share them with you real quick? Just to lighten the mood, I want everybody fired up tonight. Here's just a couple of those Christian Christ, or Christmas memes. You guys ready for a few of my favorites? Look at this one. Come on, you guys are seeing this one? Me just trying to enjoy my life, and Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas just sneaks right on up to blast you. How many of you guys got hit with Christmas hard this year, and you're loving every minute of it, yeah? It's good. Here's another one. Real quick. Uh, thank goodness you're home. The Christmas tree fainted. <laughs> Poor dog. He doesn't know what happened. It's for all you pet lovers out there. Okay, the next one. This is for the Star Wars lovers. Can you spot it? You guys see it? Good old Yoda. 800-year-old little green guy from the Dagobah system, right? All you Star Wars nerds, that's yours. Here's the next one. Christmas when you were eight years old versus broke as a joke. Who's broke in here? Come on. You're broke, but you're happy to be here at church tonight. Okay, one more. A couple more. Maybe. What did you get for Christmas? <laughs> fat. I got fat. How many of you guys are just planning on putting holiday weight on? Right? We, we budget for it all year round, right? It's, we have to do it. Here's the, the next one. Can we listen to something other than Christmas music? You're out of here. Who's the Grinch in your family? You're just done with Christmas music. I think we got maybe one more. Is this the last one? Oh, yeah, this one's sad. You had to work on your birthday before. I know, Jesus. We're sorry. Anyway, we can laugh at that. You guys, are, you guys okay with that? Nobody's mad at me. You're going to throw your Bible at me. How dare you? Okay. Anyway, Merry Christmas. Let's get into this thing tonight. The message I got for you tonight is kind of a different take on the Christmas story. We're going to go into the Christmas story, but maybe you never thought of it in this, this angle before. I titled it a Christmas curveball. You guys all know what a curveball is? Not in pitching, but it's in life. When life throws you a curveball or sometimes God throws you a curveball, Basically, the explanation of the definition is something that's unexpected, surprising, or disruptive. It's like a full change of the plans that you had. And oftentimes, we're dealing with this going into the holidays or in life in general. Tonight, I'm going to be talking to people that maybe you can relate to this. You've just, in your life, something just screwed up and changed and unexpected, and you don't know what's going on. And here's what it causes. It causes panic. It causes fear. It causes you losing control. It causes chaos. It can actually hurt you sometimes in life. It causes confusion. You don't know what's going on. Could be that you're waiting and waiting because you were next in line for that job promotion and somebody else got it. And you don't know why. You were counting on that. You're counting on the income and it just dropped. It could be that maybe this week of all weeks as you're running around shopping and everything, the car gets a flat tire or it starts overheating and a, or you get into an accident. You know, I've seen some on the roads and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, God, help these poor people. This is right in the holidays. They didn't need that. It was a curveball, total curveball in life. Something disrupted their life. Maybe it's this. We've been praying for a family. This is a heavy one on my heart. We've been praying. Our prayer team actually went over and visited. There's a mom that's a young mom that has four kids that has cancer and may not make it till New Year's. So in the midst of me feeling all jolly and I'm realizing there's people in the world that are hurting because life threw them the big C word, cancer, crazy curveball in life. And so there's, this is real, really real stuff. I talked to one guy struggling with an addiction, and he had been free and clean and living sober for a long time, and one drink brought back the addiction, and now he's back in that mode of struggling. He wasn't expecting it. He thought, no big deal. I got this under control. I can handle this. So there's, there's people in life that are dealing with curveballs, and maybe you are sitting here right now. I don't know your story. 
could be relational stuff, could be, could be something to do with your kids, could be the finances. I mean, there's all kind of burdens and we struggle with stuff. But tonight I want to talk about how do we deal with the curveballs that life throws us. And tonight we're going to see in the story of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus that what happened here in the Christmas story as much as we want to think about it and we read it and we romanticize it and we make like, wow, what an awesome privilege. They, they gave birth to the Messiah. They must have been so excited. Everything must have been so good for them. It was so poetic and cool and scriptural and all of that. But the reality was it was a curveball. If you think about the situation with Mary and Joseph, listen, here's how it goes down. Since the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament was from the prophet Malachi all the way up until the New Testament, the book of Matthew's written, the story of Jesus, there have been 400 years of God kind of being silent. Basically, uh, there wasn't any crazy prophecies. There wasn't any weirdo miracles. There wasn't any dramatic supernatural stuff going on. It was just like time was ticking by for 400 years, and there wasn't, there's no written, recorded uh, uh, history of God doing anything dramatic. So, Life had been kind of like low-key, and, and God's people were doing their thing, and Mary and Joseph were, were, were coming along. They're young. Think about this. Let's really think real life now, not the, the story that we know, but these are just two young kids, right? It's this, this cute young teenager, Mary. You know, she's like a good girl. The Bible says they're righteous or godly. She's like hanging out at her local synagogue in the youth group, and she's like the popular girl. And they're, oh, Mary, we love you. Hey, Mary. You know, everyone's like, wow, she's, she's, just, she's all excited, because she's dating this college boy, right? Well, he's not college, but he's a little older than her, Joey. You guys all know Brother Joe? Oh, Mary and Joe. And all the girls are like, he's so cute, Mary. He's going to marry. Yeah, we're engaged. Oh, it's just so exciting. We're going to get married, and they're all excited about Think about this. This is really the type of thing that's going on. They've got all these plans for their life, and, and he's dating her. He's, he's a young carpenter. In Nazareth, right? So he's, he's got a job. He's a real man. He's got a job. He's ready to get married. He's looking into a little apartment over there in Nazareth, a place where they, little one bedroom, that's all they need, right? A little studio. You guys remember those days, right? Here's Joe, and he's like, he's in love with Mary, and everything's going to be good, and they're going to get married soon. They're going to take a few years before they have kids to travel, see the world, right? We all said that. I'm just going to travel a little bit before I have the kids. And they got this plan. In fact, they're so devoted to each other and to God. It says that they actually stayed pure. Uh, the other, maybe some of the other kids in the neighborhood, they're sleeping around. They're, you know, doing that. But Mary and Joseph are like, no, nah, you know what? We're going to do it God's way. We're so in love with you. We're going to be committed to each other in marriage. And all of this happens. And then the scary angel shows up to Mary, right? Because angels in the Bible, we think they're all awesome with blonde hair and halos and like, oh. But the reality is, it says every time an angel showed up in Scripture, people were terrified like, these guys were, like, scared. So Mary's over there, going to get married. This is my life, my plans. Like, oh, I'm so in love. And this angel shows up, freaks her out, gives her this big, huge message, and basically says, Mary, man, God loves you. You found favor with the Lord. In fact, you are going to get pregnant with the Son of God. This is going to be the Messiah that you've heard about for hundreds, thousands of years in your people's history, that he's coming one day. And you're going to get pregnant. She's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. We kept it clean. We're not married yet. He goes, no, no, no. Through the Holy Spirit, it's going to be supernatural. You're going to get pregnant, and you're going to have the Son of God. So she's just, she's blown away. She's excited. She's all happy. She thinks her, her boyfriend, her fiancé, is going to be stoked, and she goes to tell Joseph. And look where the story picks up, Matthew 1.18. says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
This is the part where she's all happy. She's like, wow, this is a change in plans, but this is amazing. Man, Joseph's going to be excited too. Big things happen between verse 18 and verse 19 when she tells Joseph, hey, this is what's happening right now. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. You know what happened to Joseph? He goes, wait, what? You're pregnant? It's, I know it's not mine. And he's just, that's it. His hopes are gone. His dreams are destroyed. He's, he's crushed. He's thinking, that, like, think about this. You're this young guy, and you've been saving and waiting for this girl and this marriage and these plans, and now you're telling me that you're pregnant. And so she might have saw the angel, but he didn't. He didn't see anything yet. And he basically was going, look, you're cool and everything, but there's no way this is going to work out. Public ridicule. I don't know if I believe that an angel told you. Really, Mary? Who's the guy? Come on, tell me who's the guy. He's devastated. He loves this young girl, and he's willing to, to go ahead and dis, to not disgrace her. So he decides to break the, the engagement off quietly. He, gets, he wants to get away from the embarrassment. He's not even ready for a kid. He's just a carpenter. He's not, I'm not ready to have a kid yet. He goes, ah, we, we only have a studio, right? I'm, I only have a two-seater on my donkey. I wasn't ready for the car seat thing, the minivan donkey or whatever, right? He's like, he's blown away. Like, this is a disruption. Here's my point. This was a curveball, guys. We think it's this romantic story, but Joseph, he got hit with the curveball. Now, here's what it says, because sometimes we're hit with these curveballs in our life, and this is what they're saying. This isn't what we had planned. God, what are you up to right now? I talked to someone this week that says they struggle with this anxiety that sneaks up on them, that they don't know why or where it came from, but there's times when they can't even get out of bed in the morning, and they literally stay in bed all day, and when they get overwhelmed and they panic, they just freeze up, and they're like, why am I like this? Why is this happening to me? Why is God or life throwing me this curveball? Someone else recently told me, like, hey, why out of all the people in the world, how come my identity got stolen? How come I got identity theft? I need to use my credit card. Now everything's on lockdown, and it's time to shop for crypto. Why does this happen? Here's the curveball. And here's what Jeremiah the prophet said in Jeremiah 10, 23. He says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own, that we are not able to plan our own course. Now here's the one thought I want to give you guys tonight is, in the midst of what's going on with Mary and Joseph, they're freaking out. How can this happen to us? It's a good thing, but is it real? Is it really what's going on? Is it you don't need to understand the plans that are going on in your life to trust that God still has a purpose for you? That's what I see in this picture. Mary and Joseph, they had no idea the purpose God had in mind. All they know is their plans are crushed. Everything came down. Yeah, you're an angel, all of that. I don't know. Can I trust you, Mary? Look, we're just going to call this whole thing off. We're over this. And so Here's Joseph wrestling with this curveball because he's, he can't trust Mary. But now here's Mary, devastated, going, man, my, my fiancé hates me. He's leaving me. Now I'm going to be a young teen pregnant in this God-fearing society, which means I will never have a ch chance at marrying again. No one's going to believe that the Holy Spirit impregnated me. I'm a woman in this culture, meaning I can't get a job and raise money for myself. I'm alone. I'm devastated. The two of them right now are just like, why, God? This is a major curveball. And what I want to talk about right now is how do we respond to those curveballs in life? And I'm going to give you just two thoughts to think about tonight that have to do with how we respond to a, a curveball. The first one is this, that you need to know when, when life hands you one of these things, that God is still here. God's still in the middle of it. Come on, Christians. Amen? God is still in the middle of it, even when the curveball comes. He's there. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted 
He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God is close to you. And your world just turned upside down. You don't know what's happening. You didn't deserve it, the sickness. You didn't deserve, like, losing the job opportunity. You didn't deserve your best friend talking gossip and stink about you, and now you lost a friendship, and now everybody over there hates you. How did that, why? That's a curveball. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, remember this. God's still there with you in the mess. Amen? That's why they call him the Messiah. That's Christian humor right there. That's Christian humor for you. That one's free. The good old Messiah. He comes in. But here's the reality. God is still close to you, right in the middle of that mess. The word Messiah actually means the the anointed one, the redeemer, the savior. God's going, hey, I'm still here. I'm here to save the day. I got you. So now Joseph's freaking out. He's going to divorce his wife. He's going to call off the the engagement. And then an angel speaks to Joseph in a dream. Finally, God shows up. Because like I said, God's still there. Matthew 1, 20 says, as Joseph considered this, letting go of the relationship, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Isn't it cool that when God shows up, he knows your name? Like, he knows you. Like, you know when God shows up because he does things that only you know, that only you could have said or felt or known, and you're like, this has got to be God. Here's this angel coming up and going, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. Isn't this so cool that in the midst of this curveball, God is still here. He shows up in this dream through this angel, and he says, Joe, Joey boy, I got you. I'm here with you. You're going to be okay. Don't freak out. Go along with, with those plans of mar- marrying Mary, 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 marrying Mary, because it's Jesus. I'm sorry. It's Jesus. It's going to be good. And here's the deal. God says, it may seem like a curveball to you, but I'm working on something good. Will you just trust me? Will you hold on? Because I promise you, I'm here with you. See, you might be surprised at the curveball you're going through right now, but God isn't. God saw it coming. God knows what happened. God knows about your job. He knows about your mom. He knows about your husband. He knows about your kid. Whatever you're experiencing, I wasn't ready for this. God's going, didn't surprise me. I know what's going on with this thing. In fact, I allowed it to happen because I'm going to bring good out of it. See, here's the deal. God actually allows the curveball sometimes in our lives specifically so that it'll bring us to getting closer to him. When we freak out, he's going, I hope you come running to me. Here's the deal. This might be the very reason that you're here in church tonight, that someone invited you and you're interested because you're like, my life's a mess. This thing just happened. I don't know how to deal with this. I'm kind of curious to see what your church is all about. Maybe God actually has some plans in the midst of what I'm going through tonight. I believe God allows it. He's not surprised by it. He's right there with you, and he's hoping you'll just turn to him and run to him because he's going to do something really good in it tonight. There's this, there's this word that I shared this the other week when I was preaching in services. Is There's a name that they call Jesus in the Bible. Uh, it's in Isaiah, and it's a, a prophetic word that they say he's going to be called this, and it's this word, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, meaning God with us, that God is here with us, that he is no longer because of Jesus the God that is out there that's far away. He's the God that is right here. He's still here in your mess, in your curveball, in whatever life just threw you. God's still here. I'm telling you, this word is for some of you tonight. You need to know God is right here. I heard this story the other day by one of my pastor friends, and it's a story of a, a husband and wife, and they're having tr- troubles in their marriage. Well, the, the husband didn't know, but the wife was dealing with some heavy-duty depression right on the holiday times. She was, her mind was just going all, all over the place. She was just, just hurt. 
just at her wit's end. She came to the husband, and she said, I'm out. I'm out of here. She packed her stuff, and she disappeared. And the husband's devastated, and he can't chase after her. She goes, and he doesn't know where she went. And so as the days go by, the weeks go by, uh, he finally hires a private investigator. He's been calling her, no response. Leaving voicemails, calling, calling, no response. Texting, texting, come on, honey, where are you? What's going on? Can you talk? Please talk back. Just let me know you're okay. Texting, 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 sending messages and calling. Hires a private investigator. Private investigator tracks down something, figures out she's in a location. And this is in, in Las Vegas area. Finds her. She's in this hotel, but it's like more like motel, like real shady, like not good stuff happens in that area. And that's where his wife's staying. So he's freaking out. He gets the address. The husband drives over there, knocks on the door. She opens the door. She greets him. They embrace. They talk a little bit. They cry. She packs her stuff. She leaves with him, and they're driving home. And he asks this question, honey, I, I got to ask. I, I've been calling you. I've been leaving messages. I've been texting you so many times. How come you didn't answer any of those? But when I came here, you're willing to go with me right now. And she basically said this. The difference between all the messages and the calls, the difference was you actually showed up. You actually came for me. And so here's the story of Christmas. When life's got that curveball and your world is upside down. Here's the story. is that God actually showed up is that Jesus actually came in the form of a human being to chase after you and to chase after me. That in the midst of that curveball, I'm telling you this, guys, God is still here, and he loves you, and he wants you to know that to be comforted. And so here's one of the things I can learn from this thing, this story of Christmas, is that God is here. I just got to stay close when a curveball is thrown. But here's the second thing I want to leave you with, is not just do I need to remember that God is still here, but that I can learn something from this. I can actually learn something if I look good enough. Because you could say, God, I get it. You're here to comfort me and help me get through this. But what is the purpose? I don't understand the why. How come I lost that job? How come, like this guy, my wife walked out? What is, what is the purpose? What can I learn from this? See, Mary and Joseph, they trusted God. They said, okay, God revealed himself and the angel to Mary, the dream to Joseph. And they said, you know what? We're going to hang in there. We don't understand it right now, but we're going to trust that God is in this. So what they did is they traveled to Bethlehem, 70, 80 miles away. Joseph had to go and, and renew citizenship. They were taking a census. He had to go to his hometown. So they travel 70 miles, 80 miles away by donkey to Bethlehem. She's pregnant. They're on the donkey. There's no hotels when they get, get there. She has to give birth. And, you know, we always say, like, oh, maybe it was like an extra room or whatever. The reality is it was something like a, a kind of a cutout in a rock, like a cave, and there's animals nearby. And here's Mary giving birth near that and putting her baby in a feeding trough in a manger. And then these shepherds come flying in. They're going, God, we, we, we trust you. You're with us, but w- what does this all mean? What can we learn from this? And the shepherds show up, and you guys know the, the verses in Luke 2.10 where the shepherds just told him, hey, we had this crazy experience. We were out there with the sheep at night. This angel shows up. He tells us all of this stuff. And it says, but the angel reassured them. This is what the the shepherds are sharing. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good noise, good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
And so the shepherd said, well, okay, where is he? How do we find him? He's going to be the only kid that's wrapped in strips of cloth, and he's in a manger, a feeding trough. So it wasn't too hard to find, right? Like all the other kids are in their cribs, and here's this kid in the feeding trough. So they, they come, they come rushing over there, and they meet him, and they're telling him, this is who your baby is. And then Luke 2.19, this is cool. Mary, hearing all of this, we traveled. Shepherds say this, angels showed up saying, our kid is the son of God, the Messiah. We've been waiting for thousands of years for this. This is really him. And here's what Mary does. I love this in Luke 2.19. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. See, here's how she responded to the curveball. I know God is with me. He's here. But I don't know why. But as all this is unfolding and shepherds and angels and all this is going on, she didn't just go like some of us would do. We just freak out and go along with it. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I don't really know. But God's with you. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Here's what Mary does. It says she listened. She watched. And it says right here, she kept these things in her heart and she thought of them often. She didn't freak out. See, here's what Mary was doing. Mary was learning from the big picture. There's a reason why I was thrown a curveball where my life was disrupted, where all of this is happening is, could it actually be true that God has a purpose in this, that my son, this little baby here, literally is the son of God, and he's going to bring salvation. And Mary is beginning to see there's a bigger purpose in this thing. John 1, verses 10 and 11 says that Jesus speaks of him. It says he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. See, here's what's cool about God when the curveballs are thrown. He's not just here with me in my mess. He's here to fix my mess. He's here to be with me in the mess, and he's here to show me that my mess actually has a purpose, that he's actually doing something in my life. And if I can learn to, to learn from what's trying to go on here and to understand his purpose in this, you know what's going to happen? Is it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow me. It's going to change me. It's going to better my life. That God is with you, and he actually has a purpose in what's going on. One of my friends I've been talking to on the phone for the past few years, a few years ago, his wife walked out, had an affair with another guy. He's a godly man. She was what he thought was a godly woman. They went to church together. They loved the Lord. They prayed. They worshiped. She had an affair, and she walked out on him. And he's been pretty devastated. And in the midst of it, he's going, God, what's the purpose? Why? I'm hanging on to you. I know you got me. You love me. But this is the, I never saw this thing coming. But you know what he says to me? It's been a few years later now. He goes, I'm not happy that that happened, but I know God's with me every time. But you know what it did for me? I found purpose in the middle of my pain. I found that God can still work something good, even though I got thrown a crazy curveball that I didn't deserve. My wife walked out. He said, I've fallen deeper in love than I've ever been in my whole life. He goes, I have a love for the Bible, Carl. I can't get enough of it. I read it so much and absorb it, and it speaks to me. And then he goes, and then God gave me the gift of healing. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, no, the Holy Spirit says in the Word of God. He goes, I've prayed for people who are blind, and they've regained their sight. Carl, I've prayed for people with broken bones that have been healed. He goes, I don't know where all of this is coming from. I love it. I'm just trying to do my best for God. But listen, in the midst of me being broken because my wife left, left me and, and the life threw me that curveball, you know what it did? God actually gave me a purpose in there as I held on to him. He's given me this love for the word, closeness to God, gift of healing. And now he says, you know how many marriages and relationships that I've been able to bring healing to because for some reason now, I'm a magnet for all these people that need reconciliation, and God's using me. And he goes, I'm not saying that was a good thing that happened to me originally, but my God had a purpose 
for the mess that I was in. I don't understand the plans and why. And now God's leading him to a new relationship and a new life. And it's just amazing what God can actually do when you say, God, how can I learn from this? Proverbs 19.21 says this. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Mary and Joseph, they had the craziest, craziest curveball. They, they, God threw them a big change of plans. It disrupted their life, but God had a purpose in that. Now, here's the cool thing is, do you understand that all those years ago, the purpose that God had was you and me, that we were the purpose that Mary and Joseph were thrown that crazy curveball and had to deal with that little baby that was born under the harshest of circumstances, and Mary and Joseph kept holding on and going, there's a purpose in this, and all these years later, you and I were the purpose. Because here's the story of Christmas, is God sent that little baby, his own son, to come and to grow up and to be that man that he was, the son of God, to teach us about how to have a relationship with him, to go to that cross and come out of that grave conquering death to show that he's offering forgiveness for our sins, and that all of us in here, if we say yes to him and hold on to him, man, we get salvation. We get eternal life in heaven. We get relationship with this God that can fix our lives. He can change us. He can heal us. He can do the greatest things ever if we would simply understand that there was a purpose in what Mary and Joseph had to go through. And listen, guys, there's a purpose in what you're going through here tonight. If you're willing to hold on to the God that is still here, he's Emmanuel, he's with you, and that he's got a purpose. And if you can learn to see that, man, you're going to be blessed. And so I want to say a prayer right now. My talking is over here. And I just want to pray for everybody in here. And I, I want to give an opportunity, maybe if you came here to church tonight and you're like, could there really be a purpose in what I'm going through in my life? Does God really have a plan for me? Well, the only way you find out is by getting close to him. Is by letting him in, letting him have control in your life and going, God, I just want to follow you. I want to see what happens here. Because this is hard what I'm going through. I need some help. I need to show me the purpose. If that's you here tonight, I would like to say a prayer with you, and here's how we're going to do it. If you just want to respond to Jesus here tonight and go, wow, Pastor, I wasn't expecting this. Here's a curveball for me. I'm in church tonight, and I want to pray that prayer with you because I'm looking for some help right here. If that's you, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to close our eyes here, and in a minute, I'm going to say a prayer. I'll pray the words out loud. I'm just asking you to pray them in your heart, under your breath, with me, and God's going to come in. He's going to change your life. So let's all close our eyes right now. We're going to pray. And we're going to say a simple prayer if anybody wants to respond to Jesus here tonight. It could be your night tonight, Christmas Eve 2018. could be the night your life changed forever. But everybody's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed. And right now I'm just going to ask this, this real quick question. If you want to say a prayer with me here tonight, maybe you've been away for a long time. Maybe you used to go to church or you read your Bible before or, or, or you were close to God at one time, but it's been years and you've walked on your own path and you're ready to come back and say, God, I need you all over again. Then I want to pray with you. I also, at the same time, want to be praying for anybody in this room that you've never even attempted to make this commitment to God before, but you're just, you're ready, you're done, you're sick of trying on your own, you're sick of all the, the pain that you're going through, you're looking for some purpose, you're looking for some help, and if God really is who he says he is, then he doesn't judge you here tonight. He's just here to love you, to fix your life, to show you how to live better, and to be with you for eternity. And so this prayer is for you if it's a first-time decision or you're coming back after all these years. But if that's you here tonight, before I pray, I want to lead you in this prayer. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I would just love to know who I have the privilege of praying with here tonight. No one's looking. Eyes are closed across the room. But I would love for you to let me know who I'm praying with here tonight to say, yeah, Pastor Carl, I want God in my life. I want to follow him from here on out. I want to be a Christian. If that's you, can you just do one 
favor real quickly right now? Just raise your hand. Can you hold your hand up? If there's anybody here tonight that's going, I want that. Good, I see some hands going up. Don't be ashamed. Come on, this is the best prayer you'll ever pray. I see those hands. I got you, I got you. I see you, I see you there. I see you, I see you. Good, good decision. I see some hands in the back. There's people there. If you're outside, hey, don't worry about it. If somebody sees you, put your hand up out there. You might be in the kids' room back there. Just raise your hand. Just We just want to acknowledge, I got you over here. I see some hands across the room. Praise God. If that was you that raised your hand, go ahead and put it down right now. And would you just pray this prayer? I'm going to say it out loud. I would love for you to just pray it in your heart to God. He hears you. He sees your heart right now. Here we go. God, I'm here tonight, Lord, and man, something's got to change in my life. I need you. I want you. I don't even understand all of Christianity or all of that, but I understand enough to know there's a God in heaven that loves me. And he's not trying to push me away. He's not trying to get rid of me. That he legitimately actually sent his son to chase after me, to come after me. That's what Christmas is all about, is that God came down with us. That he showed us his love and he invited us to have a way to make relationship with you. So God, I get that. And I'm here right now and I'm just telling you, I need you. I believe in what your son did. When that little baby grew up and he went to the cross, he died for my sin and my shame and my separation from you. Then he defeated death itself by rising again from the grave, thereby proving to me that I will have eternal life someday in you. So God, I'm just telling you from the bottom of my heart, yes, Jesus, I want all that you have for me. From here on out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start following you as I get a Bible and go to church and do all that. Lord, I just, I just need to know you. I need to know that you got me, that you got my back, that you got good things in store for me and that, that, that I'm not afraid of death anymore because I get to live forever with you. So Lord, from the bottom of my heart, the answer for me is yes. I will follow you. I will let you lead me. I understand that you're going to change me and make me into a new creation. I look forward to that. Thank you for being my God, for hearing my prayer right now. And I know that I'm walking out of this room in your family for eternity. And in Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Can we praise God for those people right now? Hey, that was heavy. That was good.